Hugh Chappell's Goa speaker pointed out that the word epiphany literally means to shine a light on, to reveal. In the church year, the season of epiphany stresses that Jesus is revealed as the Son of God and the promised Savior. Perhaps we take for granted that, as we confess with Luther, that Jesus is true God from eternity. Put yourself back 2,000 years ago. Jesus grew up in the village of Nazareth. He's a very ordinary human being. In fact, first 30 years of his life, there's nothing that remarkable about him. Even his own brothers, when he revealed himself, didn't believe that he was or could be the Son of God. So how did Jesus reveal himself to the people of his day? An important part of his epiphany was the miracles, especially the miracles of healing that he did. Mark, in his gospel, tells us that Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah and the Son of God by his healing miracles. So today in that first chapter, Mark, as is characteristic of his gospel, gives us a snapshot, quick pictures of Jesus' work. We read this morning from Mark chapter 1. We're going to begin with verses 29 to 39. The disciples and Jesus left the, left the synagogue and went with James and John to the house of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed sick with a fever. Without delay, they told Jesus about her. He went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, when the sun was set, the people kept bringing to him all who were sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. He healed many people who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. But he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew who he was. So that morning, Jesus had preached in the synagogue, the church in Capernaum, and we're told that he preached with authority. But then he and his disciples went to the house of Peter and Andrew because Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever. And we're told that when they told the master, Jesus took her by the hand, lifted her up. Miraculously, the fever left her. No rest in bed, no physical therapy. She got up, began to serve them. But then Mark gives us a snapshot of what happened when the word began to spread that Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law. 
And we're told that as the sun went down, they brought to Jesus all who were sick and oppressed by demons. In fact, Mark says the whole city gathered outside the door of Peter's mother-in-law house. What would happen today if you were told that there was somebody that was going to come to chapel here who was able to heal all your diseases? In the ministry, a pastor is to preach the word, but a large part of his work is also to bring the good news to those who are sick with various kinds of diseases. Just think of the line that would form here as you consider that at Messiah and ILC in the last couple of months we could fill an orthopedic ward. We're looking at total knee replacement, broken heel, fractured fibula, got Joel's leg surgery coming up. Now we got, what, a week ago, broken fibula and tibia, ACL, tear, sprained ankle, list goes on. Now I tell you, if there was healing today, I think I'd probably get first in line. But Jesus did not want people to follow him just for physical healing. First of all, Jesus couldn't heal everybody. And secondly, even all those people in Capernaum that were healed, they would come up with all other kinds of sicknesses and diseases and death. All those people that Jesus healed, even when he raised Lazarus from the dead, wasn't the end. It wasn't the final answer. They all died. The problem is greater than the physical diseases and accidents that we deal with. The biggest problem is sin. And so, no matter how many advances there are today with robotic surgery and cures, we're faced with a life and a world of disease and death. But these miracles of healing that Jesus did were powerful signs that he was the Son of God, and the promised Messiah. But Mark goes on and tells us that Jesus revealed himself as the promised Messiah and the Son of God by his preaching. We conclude with verses 35-39. So, remember, that evening crowds gathered around that house to be healed. But 
Jesus got up early the next morning while it was still dark and went out. He withdrew to a solitary place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everybody's looking for you. He told them, let's go someplace else to the neighboring villages so that I can preach there also. In fact, that's why I've come. And then he went out throughout the whole region of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. We've got something even more important than physical healing today. You get to hear Jesus' words as recorded in the Bible. So the disciples were surprised with this groundswell of enthusiasm for him that Jesus would just pack up and leave town. But he knew that this support and interest in the miracles would die out. In fact, three years later, he'd be put to death by the very people he came to save. And so when Peter came and said, hey, everybody's looking for you. Jesus says, let's leave town. So what had Jesus really come to do? Well, we know he came as the Messiah to suffer and die for our sins. But he came also to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus had come not simply to to heal. Those were the credentials, the signs that proved that he was legitimate, that he was real. He had come, as he said as a 12-year-old child, to do the work of his father, to take the sins of the world and pay for them by his substitutionary death and resurrection. So the greatest miracle that day in Capernaum was not just the physical healing, but the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. A life which would be free from tears and sorrow and broken bones. A life that would be lived with Jesus forever. Today I can't heal you, but I can tell you about Jesus and what he did for you. I can tell you of God's love that gave his only son. I can tell you that nothing in this world, no pain, no disease can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So it's remarkable, as John says, that this gospel is still to be preached today. You take John's gospel. It's it's one that I encourage people when they're starting to find out about Jesus and Christianity to read first. It's filled with Jesus' healing miracles. 
But then at the end of his gospel, John tells us the purpose of those miracles. In fact, the Greek word is really sign. It's a signpost. The miracles were a proof that Jesus is the Son of God. And so John ended his gospel, the 20th chapter, by saying Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book. Think of the miracles that Jesus did. But the ones, he said, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So we rejoice as we go through life with all of the problems we have, all the physical diseases, the accidents that happen, assured that we have God's love and everlasting life. So we rejoice in the fact that Jesus revealed himself by his healing as the Son of God. And don't take for granted the healing that happens outside miracles. It's a remarkable testimony of God's love for you. So we're going to close our devotion with an evening hymn, an evening hymn that was based on this text. We're going to sing this morning hymn 557, stanzas 1 and 2. 557, 1 and 2.